0: so uh happy radhastami to everyone um today is a very very special day for all of us it is radhastami 2021 september 13th so today we are going to read a verse from chaitanya this is adi leela (coughs) Chapter 4, text 248. Big chapters in the Chaitanya Charitamrita. So the verse goes, A mata jagater suke ami hetu. Radhikar rupa guna amar jivatu. So in this way, Lord, this is Krishna speaking. Emata, in this way, jagater sukhe Amihitu. I am the cause of the world's happiness. I mean, that's actually itself a very significant statement. Lord Krishna says that for the whole world, whatever happiness anyone in this world experiences, there's an animal or as a human being, or as a mm-hmm. celestial being, that jagatir for the whole world, sukhe hitu. I am the cause of everyone's happiness. But radhika rupa guna, but radhika's um, beautiful form, her beauty, guna, and her qualities, amar jivatu, are my life and soul. So, the previous verse is, and although my touch is cooler than 10 million moons, I am refreshed by the touch of Radhika. So, <clears throat> here we have the supreme male speaking about the supreme female. Here is the infinite, ultimate, romantic couple, Radha and Krishna. So, of course, we can't imitate them, but we can follow. And so, it is not imitation to say that Lord Krishna's attitude, his feelings toward Radharani, Radhika, it's not imitation to say that this is a model. Of course, again, we can't imitate them. We don't go out and do rasa dances and so on. But the part which we can follow is that here we have a male figure who happens to be God and of course, Rata and Krishna together are God in a higher sense. And that's explained at the beginning of the Chaitanya Charitamrita. But here we have the Supreme Male figure expressing great love and appreciation for the Supreme Female. And so clearly, the, the model here, the example, is that in a relationship between male and female, a loving relationship, there is great mutual appreciation. There's great mutual appreciation. And a sense that here we have the male figure Krishna saying about Radhika, as he calls her, uh that she is my life and soul now we know that this infinite romantic love is based on or is rooted in unlimited pure consciousness the 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 mind of god and we also know that at the present time we have material bodies and So when we experience attachment to the opposite sex based on bodily identification, that's, in a sense, the opposite of what Krishna is explaining here. So our bodily attachment, our lust, our desire to possess another soul, to enjoy another soul, That's the opposite of what Krishna is describing here. Krishna is talking here about a love, a romantic love, between a pure male and a pure female, two completely pure souls. But what it shows is, that on the spiritual platform, there is romantic love. And not only between Radha and Krishna, there is romantic love between other souls, but with Krishna in the center. For example, uh, Krishna plays as a cowherd boy, and there are many other cowherd boys. Krishna has his pastime mother and father, Nanda, I mean, Yashoda and Nanda, And other souls in Vrindavan, on the spiritual platform, have their pastime mother and father. And so, ultimately, the the capacity and the inclination toward romantic love is there in the soul. We never hear in Shastra that no pure soul ever experiences romantic love except Radham Krishna. We know, for example, the gopis experience romantic love toward Krishna. We know that there are married couples in Vrindavan who, I mean, that's Madhurya rasa, it's... it's not parakiyarasa, it's um, sakiyarasa, they're married. But in among the cowherd boys and the cowherd girls and among other residents, what we see in their pastimes with Krishna is that they have very intimate friendships. They know each other very well. They appreciate each other very much. And so you have all these, boys and girls uh, with loving relationships between them. And of course, it's the case that there certain souls have a natural affinity. They naturally, uh, everyone is friends, but some people have special friendship. So in that sense, as souls who have the good fortune to learn, we now understand that we are eternal, loving servants of Radha Krishna. We know that. <clears throat> and so here they are demonstrating, teaching, and, and themselves experiencing <clears throat> a perfect romantic love between male and female. And we see how much what really unlimited... Mutual appreciation there is. So it seems to me this is the natural relationship between male and female. <clears throat> Not merely in romantic relationships or what we call conjugal relationships. But in general, between male and female, there should be a natural spiritual Krishna conscious friendship. There should be mutual appreciation mutual respect mutual well wishing and uh that's the vrindavan atmosphere that's the model that lord krishna himself is demonstrating so specifically radharani or radhika as lord jaitanya as lord krishna here calls her um radhika um Just as Krishna's glories are infinite, so the glories of Radha, Radhika are infinite. And the complementarity, the fact that in pure consciousness, there is a natural completeness when the male and female are together, not just the male alone, not just the female alone but when among pure souls among pure krishna conscious souls and among and, and krishna and radha themselves <clears throat> there it is natural the there are certain feminine qualities which uh, can be observed in their highest state in in radhika the beauty Female beauty, female kindness, female intelligence. <clears throat> All these, because Krishna says that uh, that among women in Bhagavad Gita, I'm intelligence. It's so funny, some people are absolutely determined not to give women credit. There are such, I would say, pathetic souls, in the sense that they're pitiable. But they, they, they falsely say that Krishna is not talking about women, but he is talking about women. He says, Narinam, among women. I am various qualities, including intelligence. So, um, thank God, in the spiritual world, there, there are male and female. Because life is incomplete. The the female aspect of the absolute truth, of course, uh, in the highest degree seen in Radhika, the the female expansion of Krishna brings something unique and invaluable to life itself to life itself and without the pure female character and consciousness and activities, uh, life would not only be complete, half of life would be lost. (laughs) So this is the example Krishna is showing that obviously male and female they can share certain qualities they do share certain qualities but there is a uh there's special quality to radharani in fact what we can do is we can look in the bhagavad-gita and see what qualities krishna attributes to women because we know that those qualities will be found infinitely among women, uh, among in in Radharani. So it's actually verse 1034, chapter 10, verse 34 in Bhagavad Gita. And Krishna says that narinam, among women, and of course the highest female is, is Radhika, I am kirti. Fame or good reputation the good reputation of a good woman is very powerful so kirti srir uh, beauty radhika is infinitely beautiful and beauty tends to be a characteristic of women vak speech in other words eloquence so we have reputation beauty speech smirtir memory remembering things medha intelligence intelligence dhirti determination shama forgiveness so krishna says in the Bhagavad gita that among women narinam or among females i am these qualities and we know that these qualities exist infinitely in radhika fame sri sri can mean beauty, also fortune, vak, eloquence, speech, uh, smritir, memory, remembering, uh, medha, intelligence, dirty, determination, kshama, tolerance, forgiveness also. Actually, kshama, forgiveness. So um, <clears throat> Radhika is infinitely forgiving, infinitely determined, infinitely intelligent. She remembers everything. Infinitely eloquent, infinitely beautiful, and infinitely famous among advanced beings. So um, just as we follow Krishna but don't imitate him, you may ask, what is the difference between uh, following an imitation? And the distinction is explained in the 10th canto of the Bhagavatam when Shuka, the great sage Shuka, was narrating the Rasa Leela <clears throat> and Parikshit Maharaj said, uh, with all due respect, wait a second, that we know that Lord Krishna came to this world to set a perfect example so why is he engaging in activities which if we follow those activities we're going to ruin our lives and shuka the great sage sukha replied and that reply is in that reply he defined the difference between following and imitation he said that um If the great souls, like Krishna, the greatest soul, if the great soul does something, behaves in a particular way, and also instructs us to do it, then by doing what the great soul did, we are following. On the other hand, if a great soul, a great personality, does behaves in a particular way, does something, be, acts in a particular way, but does not, does not instruct us to do it, then uh, if we do it, we are imitating. And the examples given here, which Prabhupada always cited, that Lord Shiva drank an ocean of poison, one tiny drop of which would kill us, but he drank an ocean of that poison, and simply got a dark streak on his neck. So if one wants to, as Prabhupada says, if one wants to uh, behave like Mahadeva Shiva, uh, then first drink, show that you can drink an ocean of milk. I'm sorry, an ocean of poison. <laughs> we can't drink an ocean of anything. So there's this distinction following and imitating. Clearly we cannot imitate Radhika, but we can follow those modes of conduct shown by Radhika and also taught by Shastra as proper behavior. So for example, loving Krishna, and uh, and doing one's duties and um, acting with intelligence, with Krishna consciousness, all these things. Uh, so we can learn from Radhika, and by seeing Radha, Rani, in her relationship with Krishna, again not imitating but following we see clearly the sublime relationship which should exist between a krishna conscious male and female not only romantic relationship but even other rasas or relationships the extraordinary mutual respect the mutual affection the mutual appreciation um that is the lesson we learn by studying radhan and krishna and so a spiritual society a krishna conscious society should be one in which uh as we we have these funny ways of speaking uh male-bodied devotees and female-bodied devotees uh, relate to each other with great mutual respect appreciation kindness so on. That's a lesson we must learn. So, again, happy Radha to everyone. I'm going to see if there are any questions here on these topics. Um, thank you all for... Tuning in. It looks like there are no questions. Radharani is so sublime. I think everyone just understands. So, uh, thank you all very much for showing up here. And um, I wish you all blessings of Radhārāṇī, of Radhika. And of course we know that Lord Chaitanya came uh, as Krishna in the mood of Radhārāṇī. So there's this extraordinary union in the same spiritual body of and Krishna in the form of Mahāprabhu. And therefore, because he Thank you for your comments. Because he, uh, Lord Chaitanya, because he combines all the sublime qualities of Krishna and Radha, he's the perfect avatar. So, for example, uh, Lord Chaitanya was going to, with his chakras, going to kill Jaga and Madhai, but then he forgave them. And so you see Radha and Krishna working together within the same body power and justice of Krishna and the infinite mercy of Radha and even Nityananda, the great Nityananda, um, as Balaram, he did not tolerate very much insults. When people really offended him, he just dispatched them. We saw this with with, uh, Rukma. Brother Rukmini, we saw this with uh, Devida Gorilla, with many other people, Pralambha And so, uh, but as Nityananda, whereas when he appears as Balaram, where Balaram simply executed the Asuras, but as Nityananda, he forgives them. Lord Chaitanya comes and shows the anger and, and the justice of Krishna, but then Radharani within him manifests great mercy and Jaga and Madaya are saved and reformed. So <clears throat> there's something so sublime about the Lord's appearance in this age. Paramakaruna, Lohchandas Thakur says, Paramakaruna, supreme mercy, Pahudijana, uh, the two lords, Nithai, Goda, So. Um, we're so fortunate. We could not be more fortunate in <clears throat> this very difficult age. It's, it's a tough age. It's, it's difficult. And, uh, and yet, by the mercy of Radharani, we have this great opportunity. Here's a question from jenya How can we best understand Radha and Krishna as both God? This sounds like it conflicts with a typical understanding of monotheism. very good question I see you you've listened to my lectures too much anyway so just kidding very good question this of course uh, you find the very first verses of the Chaitanya Charitamrita that Radha and Krishna are actually one soul and which is a claim not made for the members of the christian trinity uh, for example the father the son and the holy spirit it is not christian theology that they're the same soul they're actually different souls but in this case in the most inconceivable sublime way <clears throat> um raha krishna krishna das kaviraj says ekat manau. Which is I, I've spoken on this many times, which I find to be one of the most amazing statements anywhere. It just actually just that one compound word, eikatmanau. Eka means one, and atma of course means soul. And Atmanau means two souls. And so Eka Atmanau means the one person is. Uh, or the two of them are one soul the two of them are one soul Radha and Krishna are ultimately one soul and so how this is true and yet Radha is Radha Krishna is Krishna as I've said many times you could meditate upon this for the rest of your life and uh, but again in the Christian trinity which in my view is not monotheistic uh, there is not this claim that they're all one soul so how to understand that one soul manifests as Radhan Krishna is a very uh, we can understand it but it's, it's a very advanced sublime understanding anyway thank you all again very much it's very encouraging I'm very happy to see you all here for the class and um i sincerely pray pray that uh radhika as lord as lord krishna called her here in the uh, i sincerely pray that radhika blesses all of us to advance in krishna consciousness and in the near future to regain our original pure identity and our pure life it won't be long A Beatles song, it won't be long, yeah, yeah, or something like that. So, time goes so quickly. I remember one time, Prabhupada, I think it was in the Hawaii airport, uh, he gave a little talk in the Hawaii airport when he arrived there. And he said, I remember he said to us, You are thinking that you are young boys and girls, and I'm an old man, but actually, I was young like you. I had my friends, I was playing. He said, You also come to this point. And so, lo and behold, as they say. So, I mean, it's very true. I was sitting there as a young guy listening to Prabhupada's feet and knowing that technically what he's saying is true, but not really thinking that, yeah, it's, it's right around the corner, but here it is. So, and, and the people that are here, many of the people, probably most of the people listening to the class right now are younger than me. How could you? Anyway, are younger than me, but, um, you know, in the near future, if we just stick to this, in the the near future, we will be with Krishna. Now, you know, we think, oh, you know, how will I ever get there? And devotees say things like, oh, I'm going to have to take birth so many times and so on and so forth. But actually, it's not very far away. It's actually not very far away. So, let's see. uh, Véganat, offense-taking, taking taking offense, is so prevalent in society today, it is endemic. Is this normal within a Krishna-conscious society, or do devotees have immunity? Well, we are immune from material qualities to the extent that we are Krishna-conscious. So, a devotee is... um, Devotee doesn't waste a lot of time taking offense. I mean, sometimes people do offend us. It's That's the fact. But uh, And it's not, we should be humble, but interestingly, not taking offenses so seriously is really a combination of being humble and having self-respect in the sense that if we, Prabhupada once said that do not forget that I've placed you in an exalted position because he placed us as Krishna's uh, servants or servants of the servants, of course. So if you really take seriously what Krishna has done with your life, if you really understand that Krishna, uh, through his pure devotee Prabhupada, has raised us up and placed us in an exalted position, that when people criticize us, I mean, you know, obviously sometimes we get a little irritated or angry, but but in general, uh, we should not take it seriously. In my position, just you know, to quote that George Harrison song, "That's the way it goes." <laughs> I joined the movement at a certain time. I was, Prabhupada placed me as a as a BBT trustee, as a GBC. I took Sannyas, and then I was, you know told now you're a guru and so we're put in all these positions and so you can believe it that if you are placed in these high positions in a society you're going a lot of people are going to see you as a target a lot of people are going to think it is their divine mission in life to criticize you and to try to drag you down and So when I was younger and people would attack me in various ways or criticize, you know, it probably affected me a little more. After a while, it's just, you've just been attacked so much, it becomes kind of boring. And you just take it for granted that, yeah, I'm in this position and a lot of people are going to attack me and offend me and insult me and whatever. Because in a sense, I mean, if people fairly attack us, if if someone criticizes me and with my best intelligence, I think, well, he or she has a point there. I really could have done better in this or that situation. So if someone criticizes me personally, and uh, the first thing I think is, well, is that a fair criticism? Are they making a reasonable point? And if they are then i take it that i have to correct myself or i have to do better if someone criticizes me and i think nah it's just you know it's just not really a fair criticism then i just i don't think about it if i think about it i'm actually giving that person way too much attention <laughs> because if, I, if you really understand that you are an eternal servant of Krishna, and if you understand that I'm serving Krishna through Prabhupada and that Prabhupada's mission, which is Thai's mission, is so important, it, it's desperately needed to save this world. And if someone is so unfortunate that rather than spreading this movement, they just want to criticize those who are, then uh, they don't deserve our attention they don't deserve our attention. So therefore I'm saying uh, not to be upset by uh, people offending us or criticizing us is a combination of humility and, and self-respect and self-respect in the sense of understanding how important your service is. Or for example, taking offense, they uh, you know, is making that point when people taking offense. So yeah, so if I take offense, I'm really giving a lot of importance to the, the offending person because I'm saying, okay, you have the power to really disturb me. You have the power to offend me. And I prefer not to give that power to people unless, I mean, to offend me. So uh, if you take offense it's uh, and really get upset because someone offended you, it, I, I think it shows, among other things, that you're just not really paying enough attention to the real purpose of your life, which is to serve Krishna. Anyway, I'm speaking here of offenses, not someone coming up and, you know, brutally attacking you or abusing you in some way. So thank you all very much. Radharani herself is the greatest, greatest, greatest servant of Krishna. And she does not take offense. Although if we offend her, we are in very serious trouble. But she herself does not take offense. She's absorbed in love of Krishna. She's absorbed in serving Krishna. And we should follow her example. We should follow her example. Yes, uh, this Vegana said, criticism is either true or false. So I guess where is the need to allow the criticism to rob us of our Krishna consciousness? Exactly. So thank you all very much. I really do sincerely appreciate that you show up for these classes. It, uh, it really does encourage me. And uh, I wish you all a very, very happy radhastami, and I wish, I pray that, that Radharani bless all of you. So Hare Krishna and hasta luego.